doesn't get any bigger than this. A couple of beer leaguers. With outrageous flow. I wouldn't know. I haven't been to the casino since I got kicked out. You gotta get that fixed. We're gonna bet so many overs. You're listening to the Hockey Dudes. Soy Dudes. It's just your boy. On the show tonight. No Tom. Tom is not in the house. Tom is will be back on Friday's episode to break down what is hopefully going to be a win the Jackets will get over the Yotes this week. That's who they got on Tuesday night. I have a VVVVV special guest coming on in the second segment. Next segment, Carl Pavlock. He covers the Yotes. He'll hop on, talk a little bit. Yotes and Coats as the Jackets come off a huge 5-1 win against the Rangers. I talked about this in the Coats post slopes notes post game show that you can find on Twitter at the hockey dudes. Make sure to follow us there if you haven't already. Huge win, obviously, for the Jackets. No question. And I wanted to be careful. I didn't want to come in to that one and completely overreact because obviously the Jackets getting a win on the road in Madison Square Garden against a team that could contend for the Stanley Cup final or not the final, but the whole thing. They could win the Stanley Cup this year. They have a Vesna returning goalie. They have a former Norris Trophy winner. And they have Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Like, they are absolutely stacked at the front. No question about it. Jackets go in there, and they beat them up. They really did. It wasn't the most physical game, and they didn't need to play physical. They won with skill, and they won with good goaltending, good defense, good everything. Um, it was a great win. It was Daniel Tarasov's first win of his career very very special moment because that is also the same place that is also the same place where Blue Jackets goalie Matisse Kivlenix got his first win and of course he tragically passed away and that death uh, significantly impact this team in a lot of ways and the fan base in a lot of ways so emotional for that to come full circle and for Daniel Tarasov to also get his first win there it's just it's just a great it's a great way for the stars to kind of align that way and um, but yeah, Daniel Tarasov gets his first win and that sent an absolute roar through Twitter people, not a roar. I shouldn't say that, but I did get into a little bit of a battle with people today online because instantly people are talking about how Daniel Tarasov needs to be the starter tomorrow night against the Yotes. And the way I look at this thing is yes. Is that win huge? Of course. It's great to see that your backup goalie finally has that first one under his belt in a game that he played really well in. He stopped 30 of 31 shots, and the one shot that he really gave up was Artemi Panarin having the puck in the middle of the ice right in front of him in the high slot. Nothing you can do about that one. Okay, It was a pizza. It was a bad turnover on the penalty kill, and it was tough to see that one go in, of course, but he gets the win. It's huge for him. Whatever. And now you got people saying, oh, ride the hot hand, ride, ride the hot hand. You got you to gotta start them the next night. Guys, 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 people on Twitter, it is October 24th. It's October. We don't need to start talking about starting goalies. We don't need to talk about that crap. It's way too early in the season. You don't know what kind of a year Elvis is going to have yet. He started out. Through four games, just completely normal. I think he's he's two and two on the year. He has a decent save percentage. He had a bad game against the the Penguins, but he had two really good games previous against the Canucks and Predators. I don't know what about his play people are like 
trying to cancel Elvis for. You can't cancel Elvis. He is the starting goaltender. He is our number one. That's just a fact. We can talk about changing it up later down the road. It's just, it annoys me, man. It annoys me that that's the narrative that people run with. And and listen, I love that the Blue Jackets fan base is smart on top of things. And I, I'm sure Daniel Tarasov, if he had Twitter, he might have Twitter. I honestly don't know. If he was reading that stuff, he would feel encouraged that Blue Jackets fans are out here backing him up, wanting him to start a second night in a row. But that's just not what's going to happen. We know that's not what's going to happen. The guy got his first win. That's great. But if you want your starting goaltender, the guy that you are paying more money to, and I don't believe that you should just start him because he's the guy that you're paying more money to. No, that can lead you down a bad path. But the truth is, is the difference between the two goalies play is, is not really that much. Are you guys watching the games? Like, let's wait till we get a bigger sample size, please. I know the game didn't look good against the Penguins. I understand how it looked. He gave up some some pizzas. But the Jackets didn't play great at all that game. All around. I don't look. That's not the first place I look when the Jackets lose is, oh, how'd the goalie play? Obviously, if you have a goalie, he can win you some games. But a goalie either wins you the game or he doesn't. It's not he either wins you the game or he loses it. I don't feel like that's what it is. I feel like in certain situations, sure, we saw the Oilers for years had trouble with their goalie, and they still have trouble with their goalie, and it can bite you. I know that, but you need to take a bigger sample size. You can't just take four games of how Elvis has played and decide that, oh, we need to make a change. That's just what I think. Now, I appreciate the people who have responded back to me in my, me responding to people, them responding back to me, I have appreciated their steadfastness and their, you know, willingness to at least have an open mind to why Elvis should continue to be the starter. Let's be honest, he is going to continue to be the starter for a long time, for a long time. He has a very long leash with the Jackets. He just does. You have to get over that. If the Jackets are to lose games, it's not going to be because he's letting up softies. I want him to let up softies. Did you guys not hear the intro? We're betting overs this year, guys. We're betting overs this year. For so long, we had a team that played in games that weren't exciting. And I know it's not the most fun watching goals get scored on. You, obviously, as a Jackets fan, you don't like to see that. You don't like to have the Penguins come in and put up six. But... I do think it it is driving the offense in certain ways to have to keep up with teams. I think that's healthy. I think the defense will learn to play better in front of Elvis. They'll start helping him out. And I think Elvis will learn how to play in these in these uh, quicker-paced games where teams are getting a lot more shots on him. I believe that that's the case. But you're not going to find that out if you start benching him and starting Tarasov. And the same goes for Tarasov, too. He needs to play in these games and gain experience. But let's just ease him into it, okay? Let's not overwhelm the guy. Let him celebrate his first win. I'm sure if you ask him, yes, he wants to start tomorrow night against the Yotes. But in my personal opinion, the Yotes is a per- is a perfect spot for Elvis to play and get on the right track. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow night. Again, I got Carl Pavlock coming on. Yotes haven't had a great start to the year. That's just a fact. It's sad. It's just been years and years of just turmoil and just sadness for that team and I, I am looking forward to picking his ear 
about where he thinks they're at. Obviously, their arena situation is crazy, so I'm going to ask him about that. Arizona hockey, Arizona State hockey is on the come up. They're the ones that built the the freaking place. So I'm going to ask him what he thinks the future of that program is and uh, just a few other things. So we'll get that going. So the Jackets this week, they got Arizona, like I said, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock at the Schweid, and then they got Boston Friday night at the Schweid. Two big games. Two big games. Listen, I think this team is starting to turn a corner. And I think that 5-1 win really showed that. It really, I think it did great for their confidence. I think it did great for their confidence that they could go on the road in an Eastern Conference game, in a division game, and steal points from a team. Not just, not just get two points, but also prevent them from getting a point. Not letting that game go into overtime or anything. And I think a big part of that was the penalty kill. The Jackets' penalty kill really kept them in the lead that game. Let's be honest. I mean, straight up, it was three to one when the Jackets went down on a two-man advantage for the Rangers, five on three. And like I said, the Rangers did get that goal. I'm sorry, it was 3-0 when they went down. And the Rangers got that goal to make it 3-1. to one. But here's the thing. The Jackets didn't give up that second goal. Because if you give up that second goal on the road, there's a whole lot of momentum that goes that team's way. And I think the Jackets kind of looked out that there was the intermission in between. So you got a chance to reset some things. But you came out of the third period and you took care of business. You played a full game. You played a full three-period games, And if you would have played a full three-period game against some of these other teams, you'd have wins. You, you would have beaten the Penguins if you would have played a full game. You would have beaten the Hurricanes if you would have played a full three-period game. But they did it. Finally, it was huge. And I think this team is starting to learn how to win. They're starting to learn how to compete. But again, it's very early in the season, of course. I mean, we're only seven games into this shindig. We'll see with game eight with the Yotes coming in if they're able to handle business. I will be a little nervous if it's like a 5-4 game there. I'd like to see uh, a beatdown. And remember the Yotes came to Columbus last year and the Yotes absolutely stomped on them. Or excuse me, the Coats stomped on the Yotes. But um, yeah, you got the Yotes coming in. So that should be a great runway for what is going to be the Bruins on Friday night. That game will be electric. And then the Jackets go on the road Sunday this weekend to New Jersey. That's a 2 o'clock start on Sunday, so make sure you're up for that one. In the middle of NFL Sunday, that's always tough, but it's nice to have a little bit of hockey if your NFL team is starting to suck, which my team usually does. I'm a Lions fan, so no surprise if I end up changing the channel and start watching the Jackets game there. That's That'll be a good game. Listen, New Jersey's played well to start the season. This whole Metropolitan Division is tough, which is, again, why I go back to the Jackets beating the Rangers yesterday. Absolutely huge win. It's the first win against a division opponent on the year, and I like to think the Rangers are going to end up being in the top three of this division. So there you go. It shows that you can compete with that division or or some of the best in the division. How many more times can I say that word? But, yeah, I guess my – I don't have any concerns really about this Yotes team tomorrow just to preview that game a little bit before I do bring on Carl Pavlock. I guess the one thing would be the fact that the Jackets have played three games in four days, had two flights in between those games. It's a lot of travel, man. That's a lot of travel, but they had, you know, less than 24 hours in in their time between when the game ended in Pittsburgh and when the game started against the Rangers in New York, and they figured it out and got a huge win. So I don't know what Jackets team we're going to see tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Whatever it is, whoever comes out of that tunnel, be it the Jackets, be it the Coats, just 
let's just put it on him is all I got to say to that one. All right. Uh, again, so this is the Monday shorty episode here to start the week. We'll have a longer episode on Friday. I guess that's just the way that we're going to do things. I just, I do apologize to the podcast listeners that have just been frustrated with the inconsistency of when this podcast posts. I do think that's how we're going to roll. Listen, Tom and I, we uh, try to do this thing as best as we can when we can, but our schedules are just so varied based off where we're at in our professional careers right now. It's hard to really lock in a, a date and time, but I think that's what we're going to roll with. We're going to be dropping these Monday episodes for you, usually ahead of a game, which the Jackets are always playing on either a Monday or a Tuesday, and then we'll drop a Friday episode to get you set for the weekend and whatnot, 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 whatnot. All right. Uh, when we come back, Carl Pavlock, he covers the Yotes. We'll talk a little Yotes coats action with him. This is the Hockey Dudes. Bottle Rockets and Sellies Forever. Welcome back to the Hockey Dudes. All righty, we are back. And again, the Jackets taking on the Arizona Coyotes at Nationwide Arena tomorrow. And, you know, Arizona Coyotes, not a team that gets a whole lot of national coverage like the Jackets in the past until, you know, until the big offseason the Jackets had. Uh, so it's always nice to have on our friend Carl Pavlock, who is the site manager for Five for Howling, and he's a co-host on the Locked On Coyotes podcast show. Love the people at the Locked On Podcast Network. They all do a tremendous job covering their teams, and we got Carl on, who's covering the Yotes. Carl, you live out in Phoenix, and I love to ask this question because I live in crappy weather Ohio, although it is beautiful this time of year. I will say the foliage is quite nice. What is uh, October like out in Phoenix right now, man? Uh, the the one question I didn't research, what temperature is it right <laughs> now? Um, it's, uh, it's good. This is probably our first uh, cold in Arizona day of the year, uh, which means it was about 75. Uh, I woke up Sun hadn't risen, so it was like 5 a.m., and it was a little bit chilly. Uh, uh, I had to reach for a light blanket. Uh, as someone who is from outside of Buffalo, I know what cold is. Uh, I know that the desert can definitely get cold at night. This is now, like, very fun, enjoyable cold, which used to be hot to me. Uh, who knows how that happened? Oh, man, that is fun. That is funny. Uh, I'm always curious what it's like out there because I've only been out there a couple times. But, uh, yeah, just beautiful weather compared here. But I can see how you get used to it, and you're like, man, this is cold. But, uh, Carl, I brought you on to talk about the Yotes, and they're not off to the best start on the season. But, you know, it's kind of tough because – Correct me if I'm wrong. They've started all their games on the road so far, correct? Yes. Yes, okay. yes they have. They're starting with a six-game road trip. Yes, so that's always tough. But uh, what kind of uh, glimpses of hope that you have for the season? Because you never, as a fan or someone that covers the team, want to just bury a team season this early. But uh, what are some things that are giving you hope for the future of the Yotes? So, actually, uh, the start to the season is, you're going to laugh, uh, kind of okay. Uh, because last year, the Coyotes started tying the record that they had previously already set for the worst start to an NHL season. I believe it was 11 undefeated games in a row to start. 
and this year they beat the Maple Leafs in the third game. So, like, this is all fine. Like, it's just like, we got that one win. It's good. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to worry about anything else. Uh, <laughs> it's the second year of a rebuild. We all kind of expected it. Um, there, There's definitely some issues with the Coyotes defensively. They're not really clicking. They're starting horribly. Their power play has been surprisingly good. Uh, someone had pointed out uh, on Twitter that the Coyotes' power play is better now that they're not trying than any of the years when they were trying. That's hu- that is huge. And, yeah, I'm looking at the results. That 4-2 win in Toronto was huge, and that is great for, for teams' confidence. I, I just, in the previous segment, you didn't get a chance to hear, but I was talking about how the Jackets winning on the road against the Rangers is great for their confidence. So that is huge, and you're right. They have started their first five games on the road, and then game six is in Columbus before they're at home on Friday night this week. Um, but, yeah, six goals in all four of those losses. Seems like the Yotes are having some similar defensive issues that the Jackets are having, so that's certainly frustrating. But uh, let me talk about this. Let me ask you about this Friday night home game against Winnipeg. We've seen the Arizona State Sun Devils have played a game or two at home in the new barn. I got to tell you, man, I know it's, I don't think it's as embarrassing as the rest of the league is making it out to to seem, or at least the rest of the fan base, people on Twitter are making out the scene. I think it's pretty cool that you guys are sharing a barn with, it's a temporary home. You know what I mean? I think it will be interesting to see 5,000 or how, how, what is the capacity do you, of the, of the arena do you know i think it's like 3500 for an nhl game okay Uh, but it should be nice to see that place packed right on friday night i mean it should be loud in there oh yeah absolutely it's going to be loud it's going to be a place to be uh you know i I am never going to be objective about this because i cover the coyotes i like the coyotes uh but i also went to arizona state university um and I got into their hockey program uh, when the lockout happened, uh, like all those years ago. Uh, I discovered ASU's team. Uh, they were an ACHA, ACHA team at the time. They have since uh, gone up to an NCAA team. So, like, that whole experience is cool to me. Uh, I am sure that there is going to be some kerfuffle about the opposition dressing rooms, because that's currently something that's being literally built. Uh, No one really expected this to be the situation, but I think it's cool. I think it's, it's very nice. Um, The episode I did for today on the lockdown coyote show was all about how there were stories back in May with the coyotes weren't going to be able to have their logo at center ice, which is just ridiculous. And there's since that picture posted out, there's an ASU logo, there's a Coyotes logo. Mm. It's, it's, it's fine. Uh, people like to just kind of go crazy on the Coyotes, and this was a whole lot of nothing burger. Yeah, you know, I think it's really important for the college team. I mean, it's it's not the exact same here in Columbus. Uh, it's actually the opposite. The NHL team has a nice arena, and the college hockey team is the one that has to share it with the basketball team. Um, but yeah, there's that there. I think that relationship between the college team in town and the professional team in town is important. And this is a cool opportunity 
for Coyotes fans to then go check out Sun Devil games and vice versa. And yeah, I, I think I saw a mock-up early in the offseason when they were talking about this change or about the Coyotes playing at Arizona State. And I saw a logo, the Kachina logo with a fork in its hand. I thought that was kind of sweet. Why didn't they, did they go with that route or are they just doing the split logo? They did not. Uh, they're doing the split logo. They're cowards. Uh, we'll, we'll admit it. Uh, the the Coyote, like the Chinagers, like logo holding the, the Sun Devil pitchfork would have been awesome. Uh, what I kind of want to see is the, because uh, like every team does like a 90s night, do the 90s ASU Sun Devil logo. Yeah. Because uh, now it's like the modern pitchfork. It used to be like a devil guy, and I always thought of him as pretty tiny, but that would be great to have like that kind of like throwback presence. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot of history with the ASU. Um, you know, seeing the ASU hockey program develop the way it has has been phenomenal. Now uh, Josh Stone is with the Sun Devils, so that's just a really cool piece of history. Uh, Coyotes fans are going to get to see the number three overall pick, Logan Cooley, playing for a college team, like, first, before they see him, like, in an, uh, a Coyotes jersey. Uh, he's going to be, I think, in December uh, with Minnesota, facing off against the Sun Devils. Like, it's just a, it's a phenomenal opportunity for hockey fans. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. I think it's great. And, uh, again, I'm sure the Yotes are – you know, as quickly as they moved in there are looking to move out. And I'm sure plans for a new arena are are coming down the way as it, you love to see that. First of all, the NHL is committed to staying in the desert. I think that's a very important market for them to be in. And I think it has a lot of potential because of the other sports teams and the success of teams like the Cardinals and teams like the Suns out there. So there's definitely people out there that, that crave sports. And, yeah, I mean, Arizona State hockey is popular, so why can't the, the professional team get, get popular? It comes with them being good, right, which is another road in itself to building. But um, as we talk about this Yotes team and we talk about this game tomorrow, I just want to know, outside of that game, what are some of the teams that you're paying attention to around the league that you have really uh, enjoyed watching in the early part of the 2022-2023 season? It, it's, it's tough because so much of hockey uh, is just pain for me. Um, <laughs> I, as I said earlier, I'm from outside of Buffalo. So, like, I should be paying attention to the Sabres. They're playing well. That's also, yeah, yeah. But that's also just pain. Like, I know that <laughs> yes. change. Um, I, 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 I like the the Nashville Predators. They're they're a team that uh, I love their fan base. Um, one of the few teams that uh, I've connected with, where I'm just like, these guys all seem cool. Uh, so I'm gonna like the teams and. That's, that's kind of an enjoyment. And then uh, I like the Tampa Bay Lightning just because, you know, when you're a Sunbelt fan, you have to like other Sunbelt teams. Uh, so I'm just going to hop onto the one that does really good and has a great roster. And sure, I'm kind of a bandwagon fan for them, but I, I need some highly enjoyable hockey to watch every once in a while. Yeah, I totally understand that. And, you know, that is a perk to covering the team and, Going and checking out uh, NHL games is, yeah, does your team get beat up? Sure, but you can watch 
really good players on the other team play really fantastic hockey. I think that's another good point to make about your guys' arena down there is everybody's going to have a seat close to the action. I mean, you're getting you're getting NHL-level hockey being played just, you know, a few yards in front of your face. That's absolutely exciting. Uh, oh, I wanted to get, out, get you out of here on this question um, as we are kind of up against it here. But um, my question uh, to end is uh, the reverse retro jerseys. The Coyotes kept with the old school Kachina look, which is great, but they went different on the colors this year. They went from purple to a more of a, I guess, what is that? A Western Arizona sunset kind of look. I don't know what it is, but I personally like it. What are are your thoughts on it? Uh, So purple is my favorite color. Uh, It was always going to be tough to beat the purple reverse retro. Uh, 1.0, which I thought they just completely knocked out of the park. Uh, for version two, I like it. It's it's not that same high level for me, but it's still really good. Um, I, I've seen it called either sienna or burnt orange, um, which I'm not great with colors, so you know I don't know. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing it on the ice. Uh, I really like the updated uh, desert trim. Uh, I am, it, I, I will say this, I, I think it's great. If they do reverse retro version three, which I think they're, they're probably going to at this point, it seems to be a, a popular enough marketing gimmick. I would like to see them incorporate the Coyotes' other third jersey because this, like, the first two have been like reworks of that original hideous third jersey. But I like the running coyote jersey. I think you can do something with it. Mm, so, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's right. That was the one they wore in like the two thousands, right? The black one. Yeah. Yep, black with like there's like a weird like red on the side, um, like going up. It's a very interesting jersey style. Uh, I think they kinda you know, it's very of the of the 2000s. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. His name is Carl Pavlock. You can follow him on Twitter at Carl Pavlock FFH. The FFH stands for Five for Howling, which he is the site manager for. And you can also follow along with the Locked On Coyotes. They are on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. Carl, thanks a lot for taking time out of your Monday night here to join us. And uh, I guess good luck with the rest of the coyote season and uh, um, make sure you whoop it up in that, uh, that barn for us. All right. All right. Definitely. Thank you for having me. It's always great. Uh, good luck with uh, the rest of the blue Jackets. Carl Pavlock, who does a great job covering the Yotes out there in the desert. Really appreciate again, him taking time out of his Monday to join us on this. And yeah, we got the coats versus Yotes tomorrow. I'll get you out of here on this little score prediction. First one of the year. Coats 7-1. Coats 7-2-1. Now, this is either going to be a double win for me because Elvis is going to lock it down. The Jackets are going to score, and I'm going to get to walk out of there being like, see, I call I called it 7-1 and the Jackets didn't lose and Elvis had a good game. Now if the Jackets lose this one, then it's a double win for you people who absolutely hate me because I know you guys like to pile it on when I call for a 7-1 win and the Jackets blow it. You'd love to blame me for that. I'll take it and you'll also get the trash on Elvis, which is I which I know is what you all 
want to do very, very badly. All right. We will talk to you guys later in the week. We'll have Tom back in the stew. We'll talk to our Colorado correspondent, all things Coats and Avs. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, other than that, tell your dog.